Hey guys, welcome to the Ocean State Athlete Podcast. I'm Matt Morocco. We have a new co-host now moving forward, uh, my good friend, uh, Todd Ziak. So Todd uh, and I have been friends for, what, going on almost 20 years now? I think it's over 20 years about, yeah, right? We, yeah, I would think, yeah, right about that. It's slightly we, over. Well, we're getting old. We don't need to tell them how old we are. <laughs> and uh, I guess, well, we've been talking about doing this for, what, three, four years now? Finally have an opportunity to do a podcast together, get to talk sports and kind of yep. force people to listen. I think the conversation slowly migrated from we should open a bar to, <laughs> hey, let, you know what? Let's do a podcast. Exactly. And now here we are. Exactly. So we have a we have a great guest today. It's going to be uh, Harry John Hope Grigsby, uh, former uh, Rhode Island basketball player, uh, AU basketball here in Rhode Island, played in college. He's a hip hop artist, professor, an educator, a mentor. He's got his hands in a lot of different things. So uh, we're really uh, excited to talk to him. We have a lot of fun uh, and interesting topics, especially with what's going on in the NBA. Um, you know what's going on with social justice all the uh, effects of what they're doing um, down in the bubble and uh, kind of the reverberations it's had across the, uh, the country. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, I think it sounds good. All right, let's bring in John and uh, we'll get started. Harry, what's up, buddy? What's up? What's up, man? Thank How you, you doing? Me. How you doing? So super excited to have you. I'm stoked. We, uh, we reached out on Facebook like what, last week, I believe it was, we started talking last yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. Now, Harry and I have grown yeah. up playing basketball together since we're about 13 years old, right? 13, 14? Yeah. yeah. I think you were, yeah. you played what? You played, I played for Bubba Ball at, uh, at Manton. Were you playing for Davey Lopes or were you playing for Davey? I played, I played Davey Lopes and then I played a couple of tournaments and stuff like that for, for uh for Dave, but primarily I think you know everybody knew me from from Davy Lopes, you know, yeah. me, Flip, Carlos, you know, the, that whole era. You know what I mean? And we had a chance. We got to play hoops all through AAU. We got to travel the country together. Yep. We had a, a lot of unique experiences, to say the least. We got to see a lot of obscure shopping malls across the country. <laughs> That's right, man. That's yeah. right. But hanging I'm, out random high school gyms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good man. It's good man. Good times, man. Yeah. Exactly. So it's 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 good to connect. Um, yeah. We have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a lot of topics, obviously, to hit today. But uh, you know, first of all, first and foremost, what do you think with what's going on in the NBA bubble with them pausing the games? What's your take on on yeah. what they did? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I think um, I think. What we're seeing right now is just um, this this change um, or this this need for this need for change that is it's gone it's gotten like non-negotiable. Yeah. I mean by like by that because of social media because of what's happened with George Floyd, uh, uh, Breonna Taylor, most recently um, Mr. Blake. Even the excuse me, there was another suit. Uh, situation that happened in Los Angeles um we, you know we're, we're we're seeing things that are happening that are just like you know that it's undeniable it's indisputable and so much to the opposite of what was going on with Colin Kaepernick I think at the time there you know there were instances but at the specific time that he decided to protest there wasn't any activity happening so it led it left room for people to sort of question and challenge much like the owners much like 
uh, Roger Goodell, there was there was some resistance there. Now we've had even in this just small span of quarantining and you know COVID and everything, we George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Blake, um, Rashad um, um, down in Atlanta. So we had all these situations happen, and now it's just like it's like it's reached a fever pitch. And so I think these NBA players now more than ever are like, look, man, we have a voice, we have a platform that we want to use. And um, I think it gets a little bit misconstrued because they're protesting, but the burden isn't on them to solve racism or anything like right. that. It's really just to highlight, like, look, this is happening and it's also impacting us who we have fortitude, we have capacity, we have social cachet, and we're still being affected by this. I think that's what that's what gets lost in the weeds is that these players, much like you witnessed, Matt, when we were growing up, they come from communities that are directly affected. And mm -hmm. so you're asking guys who are maybe affluent and rich for a year, maybe five years, but for 20 years, they were living living in these conditions. So for me, you know, I totally resonate. I totally understand that. I I, I totally applaud them for we're talking about like like playoff atmosphere. They're stopping, they're they're not like boycotting, you know, game one of the 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 season, you know, like you know, in November. We're talking about in a playoff game, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah. So on the biggest stage and they're willing to stop to stop play because something so absolutely man and i'm all for it man so what do you think about kevin durant's tweet recently i'm not familiar can you let me know uh well i'd be paraphrasing it but um mm -hmm. he tweeted you know how kd can be like real cryptic and he's got yeah. burner accounts and things like that yeah. but you know he's got rabbit ears too sure, sure. so he's always trying to figure out what's going on and he's tweeting a lot and so he tweeted out something to the effect of like, so are we trying to affect change or are we just trying to get popular here? And it was it was just that. And it wasn't at anybody. Yeah. yeah. I know it got a lot of attention. And yeah. I know you had just mentioned like, you know, definitely the, with Kaepernick and I'm, I'm a big 49er fan. I love Kaepernick. He's my yeah. boy. You know what I mean? So I, I was, I, I remember I was watching, I was watching the preseason game when he did it. So, Kaepernick brought awareness. I think the boycott is sure. bringing awareness. The Black Lives Matter on the court yeah. brings awareness. The the uh, slogans on the back of the jersey yeah. bring awareness. What do you think, mm -hmm. like, if Katie's talking about, are we trying to, like, really affect some change here, do you think it's their job to at least explore that? Or is, is the, like, I think you kind of were alluding to the fact that this is different than Kaepernick. Like, how so? would you say well I, I i i think i think that's a that's a um appropriate question i think that's an okay. appropriate question and i don't know um because of sort of the 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 cryptic and the the ambiguity yeah. there i don't know if he was referring to the players or just in general right because that's a that's a question that can be assigned not just to the players themselves right. Organization, but to everyone, right? When you think about um, what was going on in June, right immediately after um, George Floyd, you saw a lot of companies put out statements, a lot of HR. Everybody was scrambling to put out a statement. You right. know, 
supporting Black Lives Matter or support or speaking on the situation. And so when I think about that question, it really, as as somebody who's a sociologist, who's a uh, who who's an educator and deals with social science, it's like, uh, uh, is this shit performative or is this genuine, right? So like, right. you put out your statement, um, is it just this urgency to be on the right side of history or are you really doing that inventory within your company? Is there diversity at the top level? Are we looking at programs? Are we looking in ways in which policy is, um, you know, disenfranchising by default? Because I think what people get misconstrued is that when you talk about racism, when you talk about prejudice and things of that nature, it, it's usually we only um, respond to the sexy versions of racism, right? Ku Klux Klan, uh, the extreme word, yeah. the extreme, right? Yeah. But like, there's there's passive racism there's pat like and there's 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 um implicit bias they're just people that have cultural blind spots right yeah and it's not it's not ill-intentioned but there are some ramifications and so we got when i think about that question i think it's like a call to for us to really do that inventory to be like yo are we really are we really doing this work or this is some performative fake ally shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I liked is I remember when, um, when Kaepernick did his, uh, you know, he was doing the kneeling and then it led to a lot of different, uh, conversation and it was kind of a hot button issue with a lot yeah. of people as it is today. Yeah. What I really liked about what the NFL players did back then is they got together with the owners. They got together with the players union and Goodell. Yeah. And they I don't know I don't know what the what the net result was, but they got together and they decided that they were going to get into their communities and and put money into them. We're going to like we're going to work with local charities, boys and girls clubs and things of that like things of that nature from like a regional perspective. So like the Patriots would work with the inner city of Providence and Boston and like do you think I, I feel like the NBA should be following suit? And then you mentioned just corporate America should be doing that. Like yeah. so I work for Avis and our our headquarters is in Parsippany, like in New Jersey. So, mm -hmm. you know, we put out statements and I, you know, we also look to, you know, help minority owned businesses and things like that. Yeah. Because then it goes from just creating awareness to actually starting change where it's needed most. That's just my opinion though. I, I actually agree with that. I think I think um, that's one of the the, the ways. Um, uh, and then when you talk about policy and legislation and things of that nature, I mean, we have to look at like the the the, the laws and the the policies that are really like impacting um, that are really sort of like the the baseline for this discrimination and whatnot. I mean. Yeah education right like we're still our I, kids, yeah. right? we're still reading books about columbus right like we're still yeah. or, or we're we're reducing black uh the black narrative to slavery when really we were kings and we were you know yeah. so we're, we're so when when you think about like what our kids will consume like we're already consuming in a way that um psychologically looks at black folk in a deficit you know what i'm saying right. um, well the narrative so, is the narrative is, is explained by the winner correct and how they view right, right. so right. you know they're the, they're, we're lacking a uh, african-american yeah. or black point of view 
Right. And really, well, and really all of the facts, because you can't make an educated choice about racism without all of the facts. And we've discussed, you know, Todd and I brought it up. I what, do what do you mean by that? Because, because, because you can't make an educated choice without so you can't make your decision. You can't make your decision about what, what you learn about history. You can't, you know, decide which ones, which sides, obviously, listen, racism is wrong. It's not about racism, but just in history in general, it's written yeah. by the winners. Yeah. Yes. So, the white people were in charge. Correct. So it's a narrative. They're writing it from the narrative that they choose to give you. Correct. So you don't hear about all the things that the African Americans did to help build America, all the positive contributions that they make. They minimize it. Right. And so you don't get to see how great and how large of an impact you have. So you always are like seeing someone as less than. Correct. Unfortunately. And, it, that's, and that's the way we're taught. But man, I would, let, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. I was just going to say with the education thing, I would take it one step further, too. And it's not just about what they're learning. It's where they're learning, too. I think yeah. school choice and the ability to I feel like it starts right there. Like, yeah, I mean, I so I grew up in Connecticut yeah. and I went to public school my whole life. Mm -hmm. But I know a bunch of people that I played basketball with or golf with. They went to prep school. Then they went to Ivy League school. Yeah. It's just been no worries for them all throughout. And then like. That's kind of what you're talking about with that privilege that mm. kind of, you know, it's it's not like overt racism, but it's a little right. bit. It's like a just inherent bias. I feel like yeah. with the education, it's not just about what you're learning in the books. It's about the choice to to be able to go and have resources and go to a, a good school where you get a good education yeah. that starts there. And then you get opportunities and, that are opened up for you down the road. Because exactly. you meet people, you go to school with people, and then like like me and Matt know each other from yeah. school, you know, and yeah. like it's such a big part of our cultural or societal fabric that I feel like school choice, in addition to what you're learning, is important. We're going to retouch right on this topic. Guys, tune in after, right after the show at 9 p.m. for the Tom Gronkowski Show with Ruth the Truth and Coach J right here on SFBNRI social media platforms. With Todd Ziak and Matt Morocco. We got uh, Harry John Hill Grigsby. Um, we we're talking about education right before the break. Yeah. Now let's discuss. Obviously, it is we, we want to hit all the social uh, justice topics. We want to hit all the topics and get your opinion. Let's talk about basketball and the avenue it's given you for education. Not yeah. only the that what it what it allowed you yeah. to learn, the different types of people that it allowed you to meet, and uh, probably the quality of education that you were able to attain because of hoops. And then how that's helped shape you in your education and in your passions as you've done, you know, moving forward. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, basketball is the 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 was my ticket, man. You know, I come from, I grew up in the projects. I I come from a very colorful background. I was in foster care. You know, seen death early. You know, um, but basketball um, from a it really helped me out from a social standpoint in so many ways. Just a few examples. One, growing up in the '90s in Providence, it was extremely um, it was extremely segregated in terms of uh, from an inner city standpoint, right? So you had like, if you were from the South Side, you were from the South Side. You were from the North End in Chad, you know, in Arbor Glen, you were from there East Side. Uh, and when I say East Side, I'm talking specifically about Camp yeah. Street. Right. And then you got the West End, you know what I mean? So yeah. you and, and and looking back in hindsight, the programs and, and, and the 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 
the youth programs sort of facilitated that and not by not ill intended, but like, you know, you had, you went to St. Mike's and you've worn yep. the South side and you played against Holy Name and it sort of created this like East side versus South side. And these were, these were very feudal territorial times. And a lot of kids got shot, got killed. You know, it was just a lot of turf wars. However, basketball was actually my ticket to be able to go on all four sides of town and not have any problems because one, I was good. And then two, I was just, you know, good, a good natured person. So yeah. I, I, I never, I never got into that because of, not because I could fight, not because I was a street dude, but because, oh, that's Harry. He could play ball. He's cool. He's from Arbor Glen. Yeah. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? And so in that regard, basketball helped. And then there was also, you know, the social, um, the upward mobility, right? I went to St. Ray's, um, no disrespect, but, you know, um, if I would have went to Mount, if I would have never went to St. Ray's, I would have had to go to Mount Pleasant. And I'm not sure, I'm not so certain that my trajectory would have been as great if I, I think went to St. Ray's, you know? That's kind of like what I was referring to before the break there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that old, like St. Ray's, you know, that's a, you, you've had, you feel like you've, it's given you more opportunity being able to go to a school like that. But what was the other one, Mount Pleasant? Mount Pleasant, yeah. My like if, and my brother. If can, I feel like if we can make Mount Pleasant better somehow, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be. Then it wouldn't. You wouldn't need to be able to play good. Be good at basketball. It would. I yeah. think that's where the rubber meets the road for me. Yeah. Yeah, level the playing field. Exactly what it is. You know. Yeah. So it's about the choice. Like so, you know, a lot of athletes have that same story. Mm-hmm. Good thing I was good at football or basketball, or else I'd have been in gang life. And they yeah. left me alone because I was good at basketball. I've heard that story a bunch of times and and I'm sympathetic to it. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's good that you had those memories for basketball, but you shouldn't have needed to be able to play basketball to get a, to go to a good, better situation type of school. You right. Know? We're talking about quality of life, right? right? Like, and that's the thing, like, like even when, you know, when we're, as we're talking about it, right? Like that's, that's, those, those are fundamentals. It's not like, the human like, right. Fundament- I just, right. It's a human right, you know, but I yeah. had to be good at something in order to get a fundamental. And so, yeah. you know, look at last year when um, Providence, you know, it was in the national headlines with the, with the John Hopkins report about pop, about the, pu- the public school system. Yeah. It's, 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 it's bad, man. It's really bad. You know, so there was some report, some some information in that report about you know middle schools where the, the kids were left with no teacher, yeah. like in the classroom. I mean, the, 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 like crazy there was to think, with no teacher in America. Think about that, that man. Happen. You know, we have the resources to never let that happen, and I feel like that's where we were also talking about, like what the NFL was doing. I don't know. I didn't dig into exactly what they were doing specifically and what the end results were or yeah. if they're still ongoing, but that's where a mm-hmm. like sport, like an athlete can really kind of spearhead a movement like that in the city to kind of help get that going resources wise, awareness wise and things like that. Yeah. So absolutely. absolutely. So yeah. we got to travel playing. Yeah. Hoops. yeah. Bring it back to Rhode Island. I got to, I got to bring it back. Every once in a while, back. so I got. I feel blessed, and I I have this conversation at work when all, when all the topics come up. I have it with Todd. I have it with all my friends. I go. 
my my opinions in life about people are based on how I've met them. And I feel blessed yeah. that when we I traveled, I was a minority in the group when we when we when we had an opportunity to play. So my personal interactions with with you, all the other players that we had an opportunity to play with that were not of the same race as me, I got an appreciation at a younger age than most. Mm -hmm. And you see right. nowadays that there's less people participating in 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 multi-ethnic groups. So they're actually mm -hmm. participating. You know, you would think that race would be less of an issue now as we've gotten older, but it's actually becoming more of an issue that mm -hmm. the kids, you know, kids from the suburbs are only playing with the suburbs. They're not having the same opportunities because you have, you know, especially with you'll just take basketball. If you're good, you have those extra four or five kids, you know, four or five teams. In the state of Rhode Island, is a team for every town, so they're not right. having an opportunity. I'm not, not having an opportunity to be with Harry and eight kids from Providence that I would never leave. I would never be able to be be at, you know, in my entire life, being yep. from Cranston, as opposed to now where yeah, I can be on a team from Cranston with ten white kids from my neighborhood, and I never right. get to learn an appreciation and understand somebody else's struggle, and see, you know, how unfair things are. I had a similar, yeah. Uh, Know, similar type of thing. When I was growing up in Connecticut, my dad coached in the Hill House. Hill House was the New Haven High School. He coached in the Hill House Summer League. And I grew up yeah. playing in that. And I got my ass whooped all the time. It, you know, it was like, that, but it built characters. Like, you know, it was great. Like, cause it was, like, my dad would just throw me out there. And I was like, you know, probably a lot like Matt. It was like, me and my brother were like the only white dudes on the team. But we, yeah we really learned basketball like that. And we just never questioned, you know, later on in life, we don't question, like we were exposed to like inner cities. And, and I think basketball is such a great, most people who played basketball have the same perspective. You know what I, I mean? I, I would say, would you agree with that? I agree. I agree, yeah. man. And I think, um, the, it's so funny because like that, we're, we're talking about human connection, right? Yeah. And, and, and which should be, that should just happen. But unfortunately, like it actually happens with our children. Like our yeah. kids are not viewing the world through all these like barriers and all that. You, if, if you, if you, all three of us brought our children to the playground, they're going to play regardless, right? right? Yeah. Like they're, they're gonna, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. just, right. But as we get older, we have all these social conditions placed upon us. And now in order to get what our kids are getting in an early age, you got to go play basketball. You got to go to this town and things of that. Yeah. And I feel like that's the problem, man. Like, like it just goes to show that this divisiveness is a social condition. Like mm -hmm. the, nobody's born racist nobody's born you know what i mean a learned and, it's a learned experience almost. it's a learned experience Definitely. right and and so you have to ask yourself like your parents matt when we were growing up i don't even know if it was even this deep but it was just like yo you know they're will there there's an openness they're willing yeah. to quote unquote do the work and do the work of trying to create multi-ethnic you know, I remember your dad, it was nothing for me to go in your house and, you know what I mean? Or pick me up. Like, I don't, of course, I, I didn't see color. And I still try to say that I don't see color, but no, I was taught at an early age that. You want to say, treat no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You, you don't want to say you don't see color. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. But yeah. What's, what's the proper you vernacular? Value, you value. Yes. 
Yes, you know I exactly. But yeah. I was told you treat everybody like there's no difference. Not that there's no difference, but you know, you treat everybody as look. You treat them how they treat you. So if you if you're gonna treat me, that's how it is, and that's yeah, and that's all it is. That's easy, man. It's easy, yeah. but I think there's an inherent fear amongst white folks with like this dispossession or, or like this fear, but based upon the way that we've consumed information. Mm. Like think think about it, man. Like just this, I, I remember being in college when I went to Rick and I worked the front, I worked at a, in, a, um, in the cafeteria and this girl who lived in my suite, she came up to me and she told me flat out, she was from like Coventry or something. I don't know where she was from. And she was like, yo, you're the, first black, you're the first black person I've ever met. That's crazy. That's horrible. Like, yo, I'm like, what the It's fuck? crazy. <laughs> like that was, that was, that blew my mind. Cause I'm like, yo, you're missing out culturally. Yeah on so many different things like you know what i'm saying and yep. like so it's just it's just crazy yeah <laughs> no it it really is nuts and it and it's and it, it it's getting you feel like it's getting better but every time we, we're taking steps forward i i have a i personally believe it's the older generation is grasping at their last little bit of hope and they want to keep people divided that's my you that's know, because yeah, I, I don't feel as if racism is, is is a heavy belief in people in our age bracket. I feel we started to at least I, you know, in my in people in my circle that I, I talk to. Yeah, you yeah. I mean? But it's, you know, it's very frustrating. <laughs> and I can be, you know, as a, and I'm a white guy. So right, right. Yeah. Imagine how frustrating it is. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, I've been in situations, man, whether it's trying to buy a house, whether it's trying to get a loan, whether it, I mean, so that's for me. Um, so when I hear you say that, I think in terms of like the overt extreme situations, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's gotten much better. Yeah. But when we're talking about like the undertones and when you talk, when you start looking at like disparities amongst in corporations and you know redlining practices and yeah. things of that nature my g it is still out here yeah. very prevalent you know what i'm saying i mean oh, yeah. so i'm in a blended family right so um i co-parent my daughter's mom is white and literally we and this is sad even as i'm saying it but this is just the world we live in we literally utilize her whiteness to try to navigate in certain situations. Like, so in other words, like, so we both own property when we were trying to, you know, uh, uh, um, um, buy and, and sell or whatever, like there would be situations where she'd go in and yeah. on my behalf or whatever, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and negotiate and facilitate or whatever the case may be. And like clockwork, my G, we would see a difference hundred percent different response. I could, I could absolutely imagine. It was insane. And then this would it would blow their minds when the both of us would walk in the room together. Yeah. And they'd see that we're together and they'd be like, oh shit. Or you know, situations where um, you know, my name, so my full name is Harrison, right? Which is an English name. Yeah, you know, so I'm coming in when so on paper, especially since I got those uh, letters at the end of my name 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to them, you know, whatever, whatever. Then when I walk in, and here, I'm, I don't even got dreads. I'm clean cut, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I come in the spot, and it's a whole different energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's where the racism still is alive and permeating. And I see it with in my familial dynamic and just my day-to-day, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, nobody really can deny that, I think. And I think that's a great way of, of articulating because people here, you, we talked about it in like the first segment, is this idea, this KKK racism. I mean, that's that's pretty much dried up. You know what I mean? This, right. this outward, like, you know, you know, KKK type of stuff. Your but the stuff that you're mentioning is still there. You know right. what I mean? And that's what people don't think about. They're like, that's what, like, you know, you, you, the other side of the argument would be like, what are you talking about? Like, there's yeah. no slavery. There's, right. we had a black president. Look at all this stuff. Look at all this progress. What are these guys talking What everybody's so upset about? Yeah. That's what yeah. people are upset about. And that's there. That's like, in, and me personally, like, that, I believe that 100%. I mean, I haven't had to experience that, luckily, yeah. but. I, yeah. I know enough people that have, yeah, and it's there, and it's, it's just there. kind of a way of life, and that's really what I think you're talking about. That's what most people who are educated on the situation are talking about, Absolutely. because it's like, congratulations, America, we got to this point where we had a black president, and that's great, and that that is progress. That but is there's progress. Still yeah. a lot of work to do. But they don't want to give you too much progress on that, you know. You get you got a little bit, and but they want to take it away. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. Like well, this see, isn't going to be a regular thing to happen. I don't see people wanting to take it away. I just I think some people, and whether whether they know it or not, they kind of just feel like, what are they talking about? Racism's over. There's no racism. What do I don't I don't understand. Like what's what's everybody so upset about? And that's you know what Harry was talking about. That's that's what people may it's it's under the scene. It's or it's under. You know, there's this underbelly of it, like where it's, and it's, that's the really the stuff that really affects people's psyche exactly. too. Yeah, yeah, it's microaggressive, man. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's because, because what we're talking about, when we talk about the KKK, when we talk about the overt, right? Universally, universally, it's not accepted anymore, right? right. So, so the average person is not going to come out unless you're just a crazy, you know, yeah. whatever. They're not going to just come out and say, yo, F this, you know, yeah. N word this or whatever. It's it's in policy. It's in it's in yeah. it's 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 more discreet. And to me, that's what I'm more focused on because that's what our our kids' yeah quality of life is going to be dependent on. And that's know? where the that's where the change happens right there on those institutions exactly. where like education exactly. and 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 um, like banking, like loans. Like what you're talking about with buying houses and red line uh, is programs red. that that make it easier and level the playing field. Exactly. You know, and, and I want to make this clear because a lot of people don't they, they can't wrap their mind around like equal does not mean I'm taking from you, right? Like yeah, like equal is like and then that's people the fear. hear unfair maybe like or something. Yeah, like that's the fear. People think it's like this if 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 I if we are equal. That it's like taking from you. It's like I don't want, you know, Nipsey Hussle says, I, I don't want a penny more or a penny less than I deserve. Right. That's the right attitude. 
Shit. Well, that we're going to do a quick station identification. We're going to re-hit this topic. Yeah, we have a we have a draft and we have a surprise. Oh. All right, so we're uh, just waiting for uh, Harry to make a quick comeback in a quick second. He's, he's coming back. Here we go. You're back. Everybody You're back. Come back. Come back. So we're, we're going to hit this topic. We have a quick surprise. Mm -hmm. I figured, right. listen, we're having a good time. We're catching up. Yeah. We're on some important topics. I figured I'd bring somebody else in just to have a, uh, an additional point of view, if you were cool with that. Yeah. yeah. Like to bring in, you know, a friend, of, a very, a good friend of mine, a very good friend of yours. My good friend uh, Eddie Davis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, What's up? <laughs> what up, dog? Oh, you can't hear? Let me. Uh, hear. Hold on. Come on, man. You good? What's going on, man? We're kind of I thought they were messing up. messing up, bro. I don't know what's happening. I uh, see. We we bring in Eddie, and it, it all goes downhill after that. <laughs> he was so shocked he couldn't talk. Can you hear us now, Ed? Can you hear me now? All right, we're gonna get his uh, his speakers here of real quick. Eddie, you hear us? Do you hear us? Yo. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hold on. What's up with it? <laughs> Bruh, are we good? We're good. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. You're in. So for those of you guys who don't know, this is uh, Eddie Davis. He played basketball with Harry and I, one of Harry's good friends. He played at the Wheeler School. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we all play bad at basketball together. I, we were in a separate league, so I got to play against Eddie, two to three times a year. Yes, One of the few, you know, very talented guys we got to play against every year. So I always had a blast. But I knew we were bringing on Harry, so I figured I wanted to reach out. I hadn't seen Eddie in but what about two, three years at least. Yeah, man. Before uh, my wife had the baby, so yeah, we wanted to bring him on. We wanted to discuss some of these topics and also kind of surprise him and bring him in for the draft. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Hey, what up, big dog? What's good, dog? Man, yeah, you know, chilling. <laughs> so we were talking about, um, you know, last thing we brought up was redlining and the underbelly of racism that you receive when, you know, when, like you said, when you're going to you buy houses and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you see a path forward in an expedient manner? Or do you see, is this something that's going to be a, a really slow burn? Both of you, obviously, that's for, for both of you guys. June, you want to handle that? <laughs> you want to go first? For me, personally, I um, I think it's a slow burn for a long time, right? Like, I think I, agree. I think the climate now is festering that burn. And the, and the generation after us, the, the 18 we'll the benefits. five right now, are on the cusp of doing something different you know um but it's gonna take it it's it's, it's lebron's not gonna be the one to lead the charge that gets it all done tomorrow right like mm -hmm. it'll be the next generation of whoever's um yeah i would agree with that i think he froze yeah. what do you think Aaron? Froze too. yeah i mean i kind of 
I agree. I think just to add to that, though, I think it's 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 important to know, though, that this 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 um the work for change or the 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 expediency is going to depend on allies from white people, right? So the burden can't be on black and oppressed mm. people to try to get us out, right? Like mm. it. it it's got to be a, a relationship. It's got to be like wh white folks gotta gotta like see the value in us coming together and us being united. I mean, and and it sounds fluff, but I just I I think that's where you get the 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 expeditious sort of climate. But I mean, um, but and I think that there's a sophistication with Gen Z that I'm seeing where like everyone like the white black hispanic they they they're seeing like yo this is wrong right like i i i think we're seeing like that that there's a there's a there's a tenor there where like you know kids are not they're not jacking racism they're not really with that you know what i'm saying yeah and so um i'm encouraged by that but i think um the impatience of that generation is going to help because they're used to having things immediate. So they're they're going to want a change immediately. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we have a few more minutes left. We're going to bring up our, our draft question. We were doing a fantasy five question prior to this, which was five random questions that I picked off the internet. But we're gonna we're gonna move to a fantasy draft. It's gonna be fantasy football style. Yeah. We'll have our two guests draft first. Todd, <laughs> then myself. It is gonna be. We have five picks, so it's top five shooters all time. Now, it's not just the best shooter. It's games on the line. What? Who are you taking? It's college or pro, any generation. Um, so, Harry, number one. I, oh, I, jump I, right I, in. I like J.J. Reddick. Wow, so you taking okay. NBA Reddick or college mm -hmm. Reddick? Duke. Duke okay. Reddick, Duke yeah, Reddick yeah. you know what I mean? He was a he was a problem. So yeah, I'll start but off. He's he's your he's the number one pick. Well, I would say that's an upset, <laughs> but a good pick, a definitely a good pick. All right, well, who you got, Eddie? Um, I'm gonna go big shot, Bob, man. Oh, you fuck! You, you know, <laughs> yo, you know what I mean? You, uh, you fuck, Who's that? Come on, Robert Ory. Robert Ory. Oh, Robert Ory. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Oh, you, you ruined my draft board. My bad. That, that's my guy. You know, you can't knock down that many championship threes. Yeah. Up there, man. All right, Todd, who you got? Well, I'm taking Reggie Miller. Okay. Solid. Oh, yeah. That's solid. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah. Can't All argue right, with that pick. You can't argue with that. <laughs> I'm right. surprised he's still left. <laughs> that's a steal. We're going, we're going two. I'm going to take... Um, he thought nobody would think exactly. About I was like, I might even get him in the third round. <laughs> I'm gonna take um, I take Ray Allen. Ah, yeah, that was that was my Ray best. Ray. And then I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go with like a dark horse. I'm gonna stay stay Steve Ojahowski, Duke. Wow. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I'm a, I'm a Wojo fan. Right. I love him. <laughs> wow. I love with the game. Yeah. He's got a big set of balls. He might miss nine in a row, but that last one, I'm I'm going for it. Okay, I'm mad at it. Todd, who you got? Give me Clay Thompson. Oof, Karn, I, I dig that. it. Yeah. Eddie, 
I'm going Davidson Curry. I want, I oh, want Davidson, Davidson Curry. Curry. Okay. All right. Mm. So does that make Golden State Curry still available? <laughs> he's still on, he's still on the clock. He's All still right. on and the board. So could I get like Sixers JJ Reddick? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like specific <laughs> to the Sixer. Uh, you got two, Harry. Who you got? All right. Yo, um, I, I like Dell Curry. Okay. All right. I like Del. Seattle Supersonics Dell Curry. Yeah. <laughs> Did he play in the, yeah, no. I think he played. Or is that the Hornets? He played in the Hornets. Hornets. I'm about to with the Hornets, man. Yeah. yeah, he was a problem. Yeah. Who else he got? He had oh, two in a row. Oh, I got two in a row. Um, man, Paxson. Have anybody noticed that Stop. Eddie's googling people right now? No, he's Has anybody look at the screen as he's googling people? He's like a liar. Yo, he's like E L U T C H. Nah, you messed up, bro. I knew who I was picking. I couldn't remember his name. All right, who do you have with your second pick? I got my my second pick, Craig Hodges, man. Okay, Craig Hodges. Todd, who you got? Um, I mean, since nobody's taking him yet, give me Larry Bird. All right. That's, That's got to be the upset pick of the century. Ooh. Mm, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm going to okay. go. I'm going to take Michael. Yeah. MJ. I'm going to take MJ. Yeah. Might be a great I mean, three-point shooter, but who's got more ice in his veins? And then I'm right. going to follow up with Kobe. Okay. Yeah. Might as okay. well. Yeah. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna yeah, be a problem right in the huddle. Only <laughs> one ball, man. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I got I got Reggie Miller, Clay Thompson, Larry Bird. Um, I'm gonna get obscure and one of my favorite college guys to watch with Jerry McNamara at Syracuse. Okay. Wow. Yo. That's a good pick. <laughs> Jerry I that was a that Sorry, was Eddie. Guy. Who All you right. got? Um, you need to Google? You need like a break? No. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's going to get upset with me. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, Harry. I'm taking Thunder Dan. You know what I mean? That's another Yo, one. you're so whack, man. That's another one. You know? Thunder Dan. Uh, you know? Yo, I was just there. You're oh, so whack, yo. Dan Marley? Yeah, yeah, man. Wow, okay. That's a good pick. Yo, 93 Sons? Yes, sir. Oh, that, he was what's up. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yo, you're right. so wet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Harry for two. Man. Oh, this guy, man. <laughs> I was going to say Thunder Dan. Um, let me see. Uh, I like uh, I like Mario Ellie. Okay. okay. I like Mario Ellie, man. You know, he was he was he was official. And then I'm gonna go um I'm gonna go Mark Price. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. All right, last round. Eddie, who you got? Um so I had a couple different thoughts, and like now I don't know. Uh because he was like my first Euro that I was like, yo, he's yeah. a beast. I really like this guy. Drives me pessimistic. Oh, that's a good wow. pick. That's a good pick. That's All right, pick. Todd, last one. Um, I'll take Kyrie. Okay. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like him. So, I'm surprised nobody's taking KD. 
Maybe because he's been hurt. Is he is he off the radar screen? Yeah, now? Out, of sight, out, of out of sight, out of mind, man. Yeah. Well, he can't hit a shot from the bench. He's out. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, neither can Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. Um, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I had one or two, I think, because you said Jerry McNamara. I'm gonna go. We're gonna go local. We're gonna just we're end it with TJ. A little okay. TJ Snorrentine. Oh man. At the end, Harry boy. I can rock with that. Exactly. From the parking lot. How did we not end on that with TJ? Come on, man. I think Harry McNamara is on the bench at Syracuse. I think he's one of the They could use him. They could use him. All right, guys. Well, I want to say thank you to everybody for coming out. Thank you, Eddie, for showing up and popping yeah. in. I appreciate it. Yeah, he's been fun. watching the whole time, by the way. He's been sitting in the green room just yeah. waiting. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Harry, uh, where can everybody find you? Find all your stuff, find your music, find out what you're doing. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, you can go to my website, johnhopepvd.com, uh, J-O-N-H-O-P-E-P-V-D.com. And all my handles are it's John Hope PVD. Um, Go get yourself some Hope Signature Collection. You know what I mean? They are cool hats. Um, you know, fall season is around. We got the hoodies, you know, <laughs> all that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, um, thank you for having me. Just a uh, good, fruitful discussion. Got my cuz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for, for real. Yeah. Thank you for coming out. We really appreciate it, Harry. That's thank you, fun. guys, both of you guys. Um, again, there's another episode of the Ocean State Athlete Podcast. I'm Matt Morocco, Todd Ziak. Every Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. Yeah.